Hi there and thanks for joining us. Well, that's it. We've nearly made it to the end of this god-awful year. And as we reach the end, we think of all the businesses who've had a really tough 2020. Throughout, we have sought to support those who've done everything they could to keep going, to support their staff and to service their customers. So it's fitting that we close out the podcast year by looking back on 2020 with the president of Cork Chamber. That's to come. And we'll also hear from the photographer who kept flying during the year and taking aerial snaps and the new app developed to make it easier to order your meal in a restaurant. That's all on the way. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Well, what a year it has been. Um, It's nearly over, thanks be to God, but uh, 2020 will long live in the memory as a year that both challenged us in ways that we couldn't have imagined, but also brought out the best in people. So as we bring the year for the city, for the city's businesses, for the city's citizens to a close, we felt it was appropriate that we bring in the president of Cork Chamber, Paula Cogan, for a chat. Paula, how are you? Jonathan, I'm doing really well. As you say, it's been it's been an interesting 2020, to say the least. I cannot wait for it to be over, um, but that's that's uh, not just unique to me, I suspect. Paula, I, let's talk about the challenges in a minute, but the one thing that has been consistent, and I'm here speaking to businesses every week on this podcast, there is nothing but resilience. There is nothing but innovation. We have seen people do things this year that had you said to them, in January, you're going to be doing this. They'd have looked at you as if you'd six heads. We've really brought out the best in people in what should have been and was for many an awful, awful year. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more, Jonathan. And, you know, if you look at the various industries, people who never would have considered being able to sell online are there with an amazing website and selling incredible product online. I mean, I've recently just moved from the hospitality industry, but again, to see the innovation there, hotel doors closed, restaurants closed, bars closed, but look at the takeout opportunities. Look at the, you know, just again, the innovation that happened in the food industry in a very, very short period of time. I think we should be very proud of ourselves from that perspective. Um, We have to acknowledge the fact that there's been a lot of difficulty. We've had businesses that have closed, regrettably. Many just haven't been able to open their doors. Uh, Government supports went a long way, but psychologically, it's very, very difficult for people to to lift their heads at the end of this year. It is, and I think it's, it's a testament, Jonathan. I think if you talk to anybody at the moment, everybody is just dying to get to Christmas, to have that, you know, bit of time off, the bit of time to recharge um, and get their batteries going and knowing that, you know, 2021, we're not quite out of it yet. And as somebody told me the other day, this isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. So I think, again, it's incredibly important that we all do take the time to celebrate success. You know, there, there has been success there. Absolutely. It's been it's been a difficult year. But again, that we just reconnect with ourselves and our families and are ready to get back out there again and uh, march on for 2021. 
Uh, to, to borrow your marathon analogy, and trust me, I'm, I don't run them, but people that do tell me the last five miles are often the hardest. And that's kind of what, what we're heading into right now. Uh, we, we have uncertainty about what the rest of the year is going to look like. We will have vaccines, hopefully, uh, around the 27th, 28th, which would be brilliant because that's the beginning of the end of all of this. But staying the course is, is hugely important, not just for individuals, but for our economy. It is. Um, it, it very much is. And again, you know, we've been bombarded, Jonathan, if you, okay, COVID, one part of it, you know, we've gone through a flood in the city centre in the middle of it all. You know, we have Brexit looming as well. So it's, you know, when you are being bashed constantly from, from various different angles in a business community, it can be tough. But again, that coming together, and I've very much seen it from a court chamber perspective, it's companies coming together, supporting one another, people picking up the phone to one another saying, how are you actually doing? I mean, I suppose we've always said to each other, you know, mind yourself. That's come into a whole different meaning in 2020. And people are being open and saying, look, I'm not feeling great. You know, I'm worried about my business. Is there something I can do? And people have been incredibly supportive. I'm, I'm sure you know yourself, like you look at things like LinkedIn, look at the usage of LinkedIn that has happened um, in 2020, where people are being able to connect with one another and actually genuinely provide support that can move businesses forward. So again, it's just continuing to do that and, and being supportive of one another, which we Irish are very good at, and particularly from a court perspective, we're very good at it as well. Yeah, no, sure. Look, we're sound, as the old saying goes, and it, it, this, this proved it in more ways than one. Um, th- there have been sections of the economy that have really not been impacted by this. I mean, the pharmaceutical sector, they, they've they gone gangbusters. The technology sector, lots of innovation went on there, but it wasn't really affected. Has that helped Cork, do you think? Because Cork has um, has been insulated in the past from recessions and downturns by the fact that we've got such strong FDI in key sectors. Did that help, do you think? Certainly. I mean, everybody's speaking of this key recovery, and thankfully we have quite a lot of our um, economic development in Cork is on the right side of the K. Um, for, we had uh, Martin Shanahan, who's head of the IDA, Jonathan, speak to us a few weeks ago at a Cork Chamber event. And he said, you know, if you wanted to have that dream mix of business in any city or region, Cork has it. We've been incredibly fortunate that we do have the FDIs, particularly in the pharma sector, who again, you know, COVID has, has meant that they are actually ramping up at an incredible rate. I mean, again, to have Pfizer here in Cork, and we know they've played their part in the development of the the, um, COVID vaccine as well. That's all been incredibly um, good for the economy. We do know that their SME sector has suffered. um, But again, it's it's that resilience in the SME sector and companies that I hate the word, Jonathan, but companies that have pivoted and managed to come out with a different product or a different angle. And they will do it again, and they will have to do it now because we have Brexit looming down the road. Uh, you know, if you look at companies, just give you an example. So Carberry, Carberry have absolutely transformed their production from a food production perspective because they know what they're producing. Their predominant marketplace was into the UK. And now they have to look at Europe. I mean, again, I've, those stories are throughout Cork at the moment where companies are saying, you know what, we can't base all of our business on our traditional markets. Where can we look at that's different? Things like our connectivity that we're going to have now, Jonathan, you know, the the uh, transport from a, a freight perspective, um, going from Cork into Bruges, into Zeebrugger, going straight into Europe. So again, our producers, particularly our food producers, are going to be able to continue to operate and bring innovation to the marketplace mm. and not have to be stuck in that land bridge scenario again 
worrying about the UK, how we're going to get our, our, our product around the place as well. So all of that is boding very, very well for 2021. I mean, I, I know the weight of the chain around your neck can be uh, heavy sometimes, uh, you know, being the president of the chamber. And it is your responsibility to be glass half full rather than glass half empty. But I'm sensing there's a bit of a genuine optimism, Paula. Um, there is. If this vaccine comes through and it is coming through and it will work and it will make a difference, where do, do you believe that Cork is well positioned for a big bounce back? I, I do, Jonathan. I mean, if you, you just look at the the announcements from uh, in a, you know an increase in employment perspective in the last six weeks, we've seen six hundred new jobs come into Cork in the middle of a pandemic. And um, we also have to be very mindful. You know, we've got the Munster Technological University. We have two world class universities now in Cork City. You know, we have a Taoiseach who's from Cork. That's that's going to certainly help our. our situation for 2021 no doubt as well and we we continue to have you know significant investments happening i'll give you an example if you talk to um some of our chamber members now you know the price waterhouses the kpmgs of this world what has happened internationally is that people have decided they're making you know life-changing decisions around covid to say i don't want to live in a city over 1 million people anymore i want to actually be based in a city that is green that is fit for purpose that i have space to get out so they're moving out of the Londons, the New Yorks and the Dublins, and they're looking at Corks and Bristols and, you know, other options, Chicago's internationally and saying, that's where I want to live. That's where I want to bring up my family. And we've seen that in Cork, the number of companies who have said, you know, there, there are people that are based in Dublin who have said, can I now be officially assigned to the Cork office versus working out of Dublin is phenomenal. So that's all for me bodes incredibly positively for 2021. You yourself decided during the middle of the global pandemic uh, to to change careers as well, because I would have known you from your great work in the hospitality sector and you worked uh, with the Doyle Hotel Group. And then uh, you, you moved to a, a whole new area of occupational health and, and you've been working uh, w- with Cognate Health um, for the last couple of months. What caused that big change, Paula? I think, Jonathan, I, I'm one of those people who I suppose looked at quality of life and looked at decision making factors um, when the pandemic had started. I mean, my role was as head of sales in a, in a global role. So I spent a significant amount of my time traveling between the UK, the US and, and throughout Ireland and Europe as well. So really when COVID um, hit, you know, from, from somebody who spent three nights a week away from home to spending quite a lot of quality time, let's just say, Jonathan, with my, my three grown up boys and my husband, and the idea of potentially going back into my old form of life, you know, being at an airport um, spending lots of time away from home really just wasn't as attractive. And I was so fortunate to be given this opportunity to move into a totally different industry. And I think, you know, hospitality, as we've said, is one of the industries that's been incredibly impacted um, by COVID. But again, talking to some of my former colleagues, many of them are looking at other changes other industries to work in because again that that hospitality that customer service that you know working well under pressure that can actually be um used in any type of industry jonathan so again you know covid has allowed people to take a breath take some time and to make decisions as to what they want to spend their future doing and i've certainly benefited from that well, we wish you the best of luck in your new role, Paula. Um, and of course, your term as Chamber President continues on. We mightn't get into City Hall for February, but maybe later oh, in the year. Jonathan, that is top and centre of my hope that we all get to have uh, a night together 
um, to celebrate, you know, the resilience that's in Cork. And I very much look forward to seeing seeing that night happen with you, Jonathan. Oh, I cannot wait for that night. I honestly cannot when it eventually <laughs> does come around. Paula Cogan, President of Cork Chamber, thank you so much for everything. Uh, and may I be amongst the first to wish you formally a very happy Christmas. You too, Jonathan. Thank you so much. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Now, my next guest has been on the podcast before, but his website has undergone a lot of work during 2020, taking advantage uh, of a time when we were all stuck at home looking for things to do. But you put the time to good use, Dennis Horgan. Uh, Yes, Jonathan, I did. Uh, I spent a lot of the summer uh, flying um, within the regulations and um, we covered quite a lot of the bottom half of Ireland from Cork up to Mayo uh, shooting from uh, Cessna 172. And uh, we had some very nice days and we got some great pictures. You have a brilliant book called Cork from the Air, which is one of these books that I pick up every now and then just to kind of make myself feel better and, and fall through, you know, to fall back to things that I like, which is seeing things on a lovely summer's day taken from the air. It, you, you do have some lovely shots in there. Yeah, we were lucky with that too. Um, we had a good year. We, it took us about a year to put all the shots together, but uh, unlike the days like that we have now, you know, you had uh, liners coming out of Cove and passing Roaches Point in the evening sun and they made really great pictures. Um, but it is nice to look back on them, you know, from what kind of weather we have now, you know. Um, you did get a lot done, as I said, during COVID. Was it eerie shooting everything when things were a little quieter, Dennis? Well, it wasn't really in one way because we're up so high that the one thing you don't really see are too often unless you're doing some low-level stuff, are human beings. The landscape remains the same. COVID doesn't change that. But, you know, I wanted to do some nice pedestrian shots in Cork City and some in Dublin of people gathering. And, of course, that didn't happen. I wanted to do the Ploughing Championship. I wanted to do the Cork 300 uh, for the 300 anniversary of the Art Club. It would have been spectacular to see all those boats in the water off Cove, but that couldn't happen. But no, it wasn't that airy, except um, some of the airports that we were down in Kerry, they were fairly deserted down there, you know. I would imagine so. But you, you used the opportunity well. So what other pictures have you got on the website right now that people can actually, they can buy them and, and, and get them framed and get them sent out as gifts? So what have you got? Sure. Well, we we, we plenty of Cork, particularly West Cork, you know, Barley Cove, Mizzen Head, all those well-known, the Fastnet Rock, uh, Cape Clear Island, um, Interkerry, Skelligs, um, you know, the Lake Killarney, then up to, um, we did Kinsale as well, and we did some nice shots of people, of Americans playing golf in Kinsale in the Old Head Golf Course uh, one, one particular sun, summer's day. I remember looking them looking up at me wondering what the hell I was doing up there. <laughs> and uh, we went into Clare, we went into um, Killaloo, we went on down to the Cliffs of Moher, up to Inishir, and we did quite a bit along the West Coast. Yeah, so that there's lots of good stuff up there. Dennis, in an era where people go on about drones and, and you know, you can take lots of photographs with drones, yeah. I mean, you're, you're more old school of going up in a plane and hanging out a window. I, is is I, there a lot to be said for that still? Ah, there is. I mean, drones, I'm, I wouldn't be anti-drone. Drones have their uses, but you must remember that legally you can't bring a drone 
above 800 feet. Some of the shots I take are from seven and eight and 9,000. You will not get a panorama like, I've got a great panorama of the Skelligs taken from three miles away at about 4,000 feet. You can't do that with a drone. But drones are good for certain things. But I, I, you know, you're on the ground and you're operating this thing remotely. Uh, I'm up in the air. I see everything. The door is off. I can see right out what's below me, what's far away from me, what's near me. And uh, most of my shots, like 70% of my images, are things that I stumble upon, you know, like a farmer um, gathering silage. And you see the amazing patterns he makes on the fields. But he, you can only see that if you're up there. You won't see it if you're down on terra firma, you know. Yeah, it's all about the perspective. And you get a great perspective from where you are. The website is dennishorgan.ie. That's Dennis with two N's, horgan.ie. And as I said, lots of gift ideas there. Dennis, pleasure to talk to you. We'll uh, chat again in 2021 when hopefully you'll have a little bit more activity that you'll have filmed. Look forward to it, Jonathan. Happy Christmas to you. The only show in town for Cork business, Red Business. 2020 will no doubt be remembered as the year of COVID-19, but it was also the year where innovation really came to the fore. And let's face it, eating out became a very different experience to what we're used to. My next guest has brought forward a new app that really reinvents how we pay for things and order things when we are at a restaurant. I'm delighted to be joined by Cormac O'Reardon, who's the chief executive of Bamba. Cormac, how are you? I'm great, thanks, Jonathan. Thank you for having me on. How are you? Lovely to talk to you. I'm good. Tell me a little bit about Bamba. What does it do? So Bamba offers mobile contactless ordering. And, and what that means really is is three things. It's, it's uh, click and collect takeaway. Uh, it's table service. And it's counter collection. Now, the latter probably wouldn't be um, allowed in, in the current environment, but hopefully down the line, it's something we can put in. But what it means for a consumer is you can sit at your table or you can be at you know, a different location from the bar or the counter, whether you're a cafe or, or, a, or a restaurant or a bar, wherever you are, and you can order from your phone. Um, and also there's the click and collect takeaway option. We've seen certainly with bars, um, Really, as you mentioned there, the innovation of bars during the various levels of lockdown, um, pushing their business out to, to kind of new avenues. Uh, so this was something we adopted uh, along with them. And we, we think our technology um, can help with, with okay. revenue streams. For There's been lots of innovation in this space. So, you know, we've, we're all used to scanning QR codes now, which... To my shame, I only kind of worked out around September time what I actually had to do uh, to scan a QR code. And we've seen other iterations of ordering from a website and, and then maybe it going through. What's different about Banda that makes it work? Well, it, it's funny you mentioned uh, QR codes. I mean, it, it was something we talked about a while ago um, and we ruled it out fairly early. Um, we think it's a little bit, you know, as you said yourself, trying to work it out, um, getting your phone out and figuring out what you need to do. It's, it's not, we don't think it's straightforward. Uh, we, we don't want people uh, on their phones when they're in a restaurant or bar. Um, so there, there are some... Um, some some new innovations out from Apple, uh, and I'm sure Android will be will, won't be too far behind. Such as App Clips, for example. So something if if your bar has or your bar or cafe has Apple Pay, um, you only have to go in with your iPhone, 
and a, and a clip uh, a clip of the app will pop up and you can order it there and then if you want or you can swipe it away and not use it so that's something that's the direction we're going with it at the moment once you have the app uh, and you're jumping from location to location you don't need to download a new app you don't need to scan a qr code you're there you can make your order pay for your order and that goes on to a queue um, in the in the staff app, uh, okay. Behind the counter, and you don't have to you don't have to speak to anybody. Which during a global pandemic, that that's a good thing that you don't have waiters backwards and forwards the whole time. You communicate all through the app, do you? That's correct. I mean, that's that's a feature of it, but it's 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 not something we're really trying to do. Create a you know a distance between the staff uh, and the consumer. It might sound like that. I can understand how it sounds like that. But this 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 app was. Um, we were, we were talking about this before COVID came along and we were planning it and doing feasibility studies before COVID came along. The idea is is to get rid of congestion in these venues and create, uh, create a more relaxing and positive environment for both the consumer and the staff alike. Uh, and I think that might allow for the staff to engage with the consumer in a, in a more kind of friendly way, like the Cave Mead of Falta that we're, we're very famous for here in Ireland. You can see mm. that slips away in a, in a very crowded uh, in, environment. So we just want to get rid of those kind of bottlenecks uh, and open the place up a little bit. Uh, okay, I can, look, I can see the logic of that. The one thing I will say is I hope that as a nation, the one thing we do take out of 2020 is booking things and getting used yeah. to using booking systems because I think we all became rather adept at accepting, well, that's the slot that's when we're supposed to be there. That's when the food is going to be ready, as opposed to a little bit more of a laissez-faire approach. So if you do that, you'll have done well. You have the backing of BOI Payment, Bank of Ireland. How important was that to you? Oh, it was crucial, Jonathan. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we were looking at this um, before COVID. So we, we looked at other e-commerce payment service providers uh, and the rates were just astronomical. And they're, they're still astronomical, you know. Um, it's, it, it's okay if you're buying... A pair of shoes on, on online or something, but if you're buying a coffee in a scone, um, those kind of rates just weren't acceptable. So, so we went, got onto BOI uh, payment acceptance pretty early. We spoke to a few others as well, but BOI payment acceptance were were without a doubt the most uh, excited uh, and have been involved very early. So, they, so they basically offered rates that were very similar to what you get at a, a card terminal machine, which are, you know, on-premise ordering. Uh, transaction prices so it's 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 the best in the market there's, there's no one else um whose whose rates come even close so when we've been working closely with them throughout the development of the product itself too because they have they already have all the relationships with the hospitality <laughs> venues and, and they know hmm. they know the industry and they know the people so in development of the product they have been heavily involved also. okay the one thing about this timing is everything as they say uh, it is the the perfect app for the perfect time but the customers, your customers being the bar owners, have had one hell of a year. Um, how responsive have they been to someone rocking up going, hey guys, we've, we've got a great solution for you, uh, when they're probably still worried about whether or not they're going to be open next week? Um, I've been astounded by the, the positivity from the uh, hospitality industry, despite everything that's been thrown, thrown at them this year. Um, and and the, the innovation, as you mentioned earlier as well. So they are open to it and they're, and they're, and they're uh, pretty positive about it is our experience so far. Um, we've got an awful lot uh, in the pipeline for January in terms of uh, new clients coming on board. Uh, and we've got a few on board already, you know, We've had a, a couple of false starts um, for launch 
throughout the year with you know level five level three everything jumping and we just decided to go for it in the middle of level five which sounded sound, may sound a bit strange um but we're not we're not charging anything at all uh for for this year um we'll start charging next year but it's it's you know extremely low rates again um so they have been uh, conducive to it and they have been um you know when i mentioned the rates compared compared to the other uh e-commerce uh, payment service providers uh, they are interested they know you know they're knowledgeable people they know their business and they know what can help i think okay well the website address if people want to have a look at it it's banba b-a-n-b-a-app.com cormac o'reardon chief executive of bamba thank you so much for joining us and the best of luck of 2021 thank you very much jonathan appreciate it red business cork's exclusive business podcast my thanks, as always, to all of my guests today and throughout the year. That is pretty much it. We might have another episode before the end of the year on Brexit and the implications that it might have when we know fully what those implications are. Keep an eye on redextra.ie where you can find every episode of Red Business from throughout the year. My thanks to all of my guests, as I said. My thanks in particular to the producers of the podcast, Myra Hayes-Goff and Nia Hennessy. We will catch you on the next one.